Welcome, Bible Rundown, Pastors David and Rob. Day 24, Exodus 9 through 11. The plagues are continuing. They're getting worse and worse, Rob. What do we see going on? Well, David, thanks for asking. I think I think what we see here is a decreation process. When God separates light from darkness in creation, he's creating order. And, and what we're seeing is this disorder happening that God is actually the one who is doing this in order to show his power over the gods of Egypt, as we've said in our previous day. And so now he's he's showing his, his power over the livestock, the god of livestock, the sacred bull Apis of Egypt. He's showing his power over the, the sacred god of medicine of the Egyptians, Hemenhoptep, or, or the, the, the god who wards off diseases, if you will, by putting boils and sores upon the people of Egypt. In plague number seven, he's he's got this hail mixed with fire. He's he's showing his his power over Newt, the sky goddess and uh, the protector of their crops. And and plague eight, the locusts, the incredible creatures. He's showing his his power over Serapia, the protector of locusts. And obviously in plague nine, Ra, the sun god, or the head of the Egyptian gods, the most powerful one in which he causes the earth um, to not have light. And so in all of these in all of these things, God is not only showing his power to the Egyptians, David, but he's also showing his power to his own people, because now uh, the Israelites are coming out of Egypt, and as they come out, they are worshipers of these gods, mm-hmm. and that's why you see the golden calf incident as they leave um, Egypt, but they are worshipers of these gods, and, they, and God is declaring himself as the one true God. And that really is a great connection with what we see in chapter 9, verse 16, um, has something changed in the nature of these plagues? It, it sure seems that way, right? I mean, we are entering a point with these last group of plagues leading up to the death of the firstborn by the destroyer that we'll see tomorrow. Um, but God is, is just pouring out all of his wrath and judgment on Egypt. But God makes this statement through Moses to Pharaoh, Rob. In verse 16 of chapter 9, he talks about For this purpose, I, God, have raised you, Pharaoh, up to show you my power so that my name may be proclaimed, it doesn't just say in Egypt, right, in all the earth. Mm. So it's an interesting contrast. The Egyptians have multiple gods over all these different areas of their life. Here is Jehovah God, Yahweh, saying, I am the one true God. I am the God of all the earth. What do you see in terms of God demonstrating his power to Pharaoh and the Egyptians. Well, it's an interesting dynamic because God is is not only glorified through his salvation of his people, but also the judgment of his creation that does not recognize him as God. And over and over again, uh, Pharaoh is confronted with the fact that he is the Lord. And I believe that um, every person is confronted with that fact, David, that God is the creator God. He is God of heaven and earth, and he has come to save his people through Jesus Christ. And when they're confronted with that reality and reject him, then the judgment and wrath of God is coming upon them, and God will be glorified through his judgment. And it's interesting, verse 20, 
we're actually told that there are some Egyptians who take the warning of Moses and act upon it. Pharaoh does not, clearly. Um, he's not spared from this plague, but before the hail hits, where we see some of these Egyptians protecting their livestock, protecting their slaves. But what's interesting is after the hail hits, Rob, in verse 27, it says Pharaoh comes to Moses and Aaron, calls him in and says, he's confessing, right? I've sinned. The Lord is in the right. I and my people are in the wrong. Plead to God. Is Pharaoh really genuinely repenting? And do we see any of those connections with people when we share the gospel with them? Is there maybe a a false indication of genuine repentance? And is that what's going on here with Pharaoh? Yeah, look at verse 34. But when Pharaoh saw that the rain and the hail and the thunder had ceased, he sinned yet again and hardened his heart, he and his servants. So it was a temporary it was a temporary moment of faith. And, and we see that in the parable of the soils we looked at a few weeks ago and that the faith had no roots and their dust was destroyed. Um, when things got better, uh, Pharaoh was like, ah, well, no, I'm not going to, I'm not going to obey the Lord God Almighty. Yeah. And interesting too, chapter 10, verse two, not just for Pharaoh, but we're reminded that these plagues will also be used in the Israelites' history to teach the future generations the power, the authority of God. He's a God that can be trusted. He's the God of salvation, right? I mean, that, I mean, I think when we when we look at Egypt, uh, we see the God who saves His people from slavery. When we look at the cross of Christ, we see the God who saves His people from the the bondage of sin and death and gives them new life. And this is what He's doing here in in Egypt is he is prefiguring the gospel message in which uh, we'll, we'll see ne- tomorrow on the Passover in which God pours out his judgment and wrath upon the lamb that was slain and the blood over the doorpost and passes over his judgment not only upon Egypt but also upon his own people that is deserving of them uh, granting them what will ultimately be their salvation or their freedom from the Egyptians. And Moses tells Pharaoh this. He's angry about it. And we'll see what, has to, what happens uh, tomorrow. We'll see you tomorrow. Bible Rundown.